0: I am Bo Weddle. (laughs)
1: So, Bo, it's really great to have this opportunity just to talk to you and just uh, find out more about your story because uh, I know a little bit about your story, but uh, you know, I guess I'll just start off with the first question: What was your life like before you accepted
0: Christ? So, I, I was a child when I accepted when I accepted Christ. So, I was I was about nine years old. Okay. I think it was about 1990, maybe 1989. Got, uh, but so I was just a child and I grew up in a good family. I have. a uh, my mom and dad, and they work a lot, and it was, it was, normal childhood. You know, we grew up on a. Leanne says it wasn't a farm, but it was a farm front. So we had some property. <laughs> what had, do,
1: what do you, uh, So you had some property, or what does that? So mean? my
0: grandpa, my uncle, and uh-huh. my house, and we're spaced a couple hundred yards apart along the or along the roadway. Okay. And so, we had like a handful of horses handful of cows we were in 4-H so we had like some 4-H projects and those types of things but we didn't actually you know a little bit of hay but we weren't like farming big production or anything like that it was just so land so that ah, it wasn't really a farm but <laughs> we were kind of out and but it was the so I lived with my family on this farm front and so that was we just uh, grew up kind of the typical country life And uh, where was this at? Where in Woodsfield, okay, Woodsfield, Ohio. So, uh, just outside of Woodsfield, a few miles.
1: So, what were the circumstances that kind of brought you to
0: make that decision as
1: a child at nine
0: years old to accept Christ? So, so to my recollection, and it could be far off, but as far as I know, so we went to church on holidays, and you know, we always my, my parents always believed in God, but we didn't really. Go to church, and so but we went on the holidays and we went Christmas, Easter, and I would say we got our name on a roster at some point, like a guest card, and so this minister came to Woodsfield to the First Baptist Church, Marvin Robbins, and I, I kind of feel like he started just calling people on the roster. You know, I think the church had kind of shrunk, and he's just started tracking people down and knocking on doors.
1: Oh really? So an really yeah, so, outreach
0: really that he yeah, did. So he huh. just started knocking on doors and 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 anybody that let him in, then he'd say, Hey, you think my your neighbor will let us in? So I mean that's how I kind of remember it. That may not be real accurate in my young brain, but uh so then yeah, I mean I just remember he like he saved us right there on our living room floor.
1: Oh really? The yeah. whole family? Whole then? family. Oh wow, yeah. So do you remember his conversation
0: or just? Yeah, you know, I mean, just some of the words I remember he just used. crying and just you know my mom crying and wow and uh, you know it's just what my family needed at the time and yeah and so my dad worked a lot and my mom was home with us and you know she. She really did a lot there at the house and
1: so did you so who was there? Your dad or your mom was there when he came or who who was there? My but... dad,
0: my mom, and my older brother. So oh, I have wow. one brother and he's three years older than me. So all of all of you guys. Yes. Wow. Yes. So and then we so we all got saved right there on the living room floor and then we um got baptized on Easter Sunday awesome. as a family. And That's really cool. Yeah, and and it definitely I mean and the, the change was the change was there in the family. Yeah. And so Royal ambassadors, the, through the uh, Southern Baptist, uh, first Baptist church, they have the Royal ambassadors program for kids. My dad, we went to Dayton or Cincinnati. I can't remember if it was Dayton or Cincinnati, but you know, to the conferences. And I got involved with the, the RA program.
1: Can you explain some of those? Cause for some of us, we may not know what those two programs are like. Yeah, so,
0: and... so the RA, the Royal ambassadors was, the youth program of the time through the Southern Baptist. Okay. It was just a youth group uh-huh. or, and for all ages of kids. I forget the ages on it. And so we went to Dayton or Cincinnati. I don't remember which one. I feel like Dayton, but the reason I'm thinking Cincinnati is because Anthony Munoz was there. Oh, that's the awesome. The offensive lineman. For yeah, the Cincinnati strong Bengals. Christian. Yes. So he's there signing autographs. And so I remember that oh, my gosh. dad went and we, we did the the whole cars, uh, the soapbox derby cars. Uh uh-huh. yeah. yeah. And so dad was there and, and that was that was a difference, a change for us, you know, to be connected with the church and to be doing these types of things. And over the years, we we didn't uh, – we still kind of came and went to church. My dad worked a lot. And, and what did your dad do? For my that? dad was a millwright, so he worked in the industrial plants. Okay. And so he would work long hours. He's also a welder, a timber cutter. Oh, it, wow. He's a jack a of all trades. Any, anything that needs done, he he would do. And yeah. so he was always busy and uh, – yeah.
1: Well, I mean, it strikes me how, you know, like that pastor just had that passion to reach out to people and how your family was greatly impacted by that. Do you have still contact with that pastor or do
0: you? No, he he moved back to Mississippi. Oh, really? Yeah. And I always think if I go down there, I'll look him up. Yeah. uh, No, I don't. I haven't had any contact with him. I assume he's still down in Mississippi where he was from. Yeah. And I assume, I, I assume he's still working in ministry and.
1: Yeah, and I, I I liked what you're sharing too about the difference it made in your family because you as a family unit totally a change from kinda of going to church on holidays and then going to you know, being so involved
0: and, and Yeah, much partisan. more frequently. Let's say with dad's work schedule and, and my mom didn't drive. So okay. it was a little bit tough still to get to get to some of the services and stuff. But yeah, anytime we could we were involved with it. And it also made those connections in the church going forward and And so then all through high school, I pretty much was in and out of the church.
1: Yeah. Um, Just another question here. Just describe some of the valleys that you've had to walk through in life.
0: Yeah, I mean, so as a young adult, and I, when I was in high school, I had multiple knee surgeries. I got injured playing football my sophomore year, and then my, again, my junior year before season, and then I came back and played my senior year. But just wasn't the same, and uh that was one of those times a weird time frame anyway for as a young man yeah and a teenager and i was i was i was an athlete that was it i mean that's what my family was it's what you know the not that we didn't get good grades or do decent in school but we were my brother and I were athletes. Uh-huh. We played football, we played baseball, we played basketball and which when I got in high school I ran track instead of playing baseball, but that's another story for another <laughs> day. <laughs> but um yeah, so being 16 and watching all my friends playing the sport that I loved. Yeah. And being left behind. Oh, I'm sure. I thought I didn't know where I belonged anymore. Yeah. And so that was really would tough. You, would you say that that was kind of like your identity, uh, being a, a sports guy? Being it absolutely an was. Athlete. Yeah, know. I mean that was that was what I knew. That was what I loved, and and so that was taken from me, and I was kind of lost. I see my friends; they're going to practice, they're going to the normal thing, you know. I see my friends playing my position, you know, and life yeah. went on for them. Yeah. But I'm stuck. I didn't even know. But again, that's what I was. And so now, what am I? Yeah. And So that was really tough for me. Is because I didn't know what I was. Did you have any deep conversations
1: with God about that, or just kind of questioning? Or
0: I don't, I don't really necessarily think I did at uh-huh. that time. I, d- I don't think, probably at my point in faith, still at that time, it wasn't really that developed that I didn't necessarily blame God for anything that happened or have any that faith to say what's going on here. Sure. I was probably just a bitter 16-year-old Yeah, that was just kind of stuck in the moment and couldn't see past myself.
1: Yeah, so, you know, I'm sure you felt like you were doing well in your freshman year and then probably leading up to your knee injury was doing well. And then that just
0: cut that whole, dynamic out right yes I'll, I'll give my brother some props here so my brother's the athlete of the family huh? <laughs> <laughs> but um, my brother was a four-year letterman outstanding in football baseball he was outstanding in basketball too he didn't end up playing in high school but he was just outstanding at everything he did most coordinated guy i know and i'm not <laughs> but i try hard <laughs> yeah and so you gave it all yeah so i came in my freshman year got my letter though uh in football so i thought okay Keeping up, anyway. He started as a freshman, but I got my letter. I'm doing okay. Sophomore year, still kind of a loaded, no place for me to go. But I did play special teams, uh-huh. and that's what I got hurt on. So, oh, wow. but it, it definitely, I was getting bigger, faster, stronger. I felt like I was still good things to come. I actually got to start the the uh, scrimmage because our starting two running backs and linebackers were hurt. So I got as a sophomore, I got that to play with the varsity. Oh, cool, and took my lumps but it was encouraging yeah there was some good positives that yeah I can play here and you know did not see that really play out because then it was a big setback and step back so. so did
1: you have to have surgery for your knee or yeah
0: so I had ACL reconstruction oh wow and so I had that in 1997 and then tried to come back from my junior year went through a lot of physical therapy whole time Tried to come back, got the passing league because I was a, a running back and linebacker. And I get hurt before even getting to season. So we were just still in summer practice or oh. summer passing league, seven on seven. So I get hurt again, have to have another surgery. Same thing, ACL reconstruction. So this time I had to go to a, another specialist in Pittsburgh and had to do a different technique, use a different graft. And so then back to rehab, back to therapy. And then finally I made it back to my senior year, but by that time uh, I was I'd gained a bunch of weight and was slow and just couldn't move very well.
1: Yeah, well, it's understandable. I mean, I mean, how long
0: was the recovery process and the therapy that you had to go through? So, it was continuous from the way it worked out because a normal ACL reconstruction for an athlete is going to be 9 months to a year. At uh-huh. that time it's closer to a year. Modern Medicine has cut it down to about six months is about the minimum, and then nine months is okay window, and then year is still the good window. And there's definitely been some athletes that's redefined those guidelines but and did well, but at that time it was a year. And so we just went straight through physical therapy, and then I got hurt while I was still finishing physical therapy and transitioning to football, and then right back into physical therapy again. Yeah. Uh,
1: Has, you know, I mean, that's definitely a valley. Uh, Has there been other valleys?
0: Yeah, so then with um, my wife and I, Leanne, we were, so to kind of jump forward, we were in our late 20s, and we wanted to have kids, and we really had a hard time. And so we went through, started through the processes of, giving this injection and that injection and and doing this and having a, a surgery to try to get things working I guess and yeah it was a really trying time for us because we felt like we were faithful and at this time we are we you know we we see ourselves as these cr- strong christians and we want these kids and it's it's just like why god why yeah why? Why not us? We're good parents. I mean, we're good people. And and of course, you start looking around and you see what's in the world, and you're just like, God, why? Why? Why, why do other people have it so so easy to have kids, and you guys are here? Yeah, sparring? and they're not taking care of them the way they should. And you know, we we that's all we want is kids. And and it was a long process. So it was go through a year of different injections, different you know different type of fertility type yeah. injections, and it just nothing was seemingly working. I don't think people
1: realize how many people deal with that. There's a lot of couples that seem like that for for some reason they had to go through that. That and it's a hard subject to talk about, you know, especially for those that uh, I don't know if that was your guys' case at at one point, but for miscarriages and things like that to happen too for some people.
0: Uh, we didn't have any miscarriages, but we just we just couldn't, you know, we just couldn't uh, conceive. So. And it was just, it was really tough. And and it started splitting us apart and coming in between us. And, you know, because it's frustration on both of our ends. And, and so that was really a really low point and challenged us. Did it help you or did you feel like it kind of pushed you? Did you feel like
1: you were growing with God at that point? Or was it just a kind of like a stalemate type thing? Yeah, it,
0: it it went from, we felt like we, I think it more challenged us than anything. And honestly, probably drove us a little bit to questioning God and what we were doing and, yeah. and, you know, question each other. So I think honestly it kind of wedged between us more than it, it growing at that time. Yeah. So how did it turn around for you? So, and just like everybody says, you just got to relax. the, thing that everybody hates to hear and everybody says to <laughs> yeah. you when you're going through these tough times you know it's yep. just you just have to relax and yep. god will take care of it so we heard that a lot and to the point of angriness <laughs> sure and we go in it was our fifth wedding anniversary was coming up in may we went to the doctor right before we left and he was at the stage where he was talking about in vitro and and different types of techniques they could use and and we said no i think i think we're just going to stop where we're at and we'll look into adoption we'll look in other avenues and but we don't want to go past anything else than what we've done and so we made that decision together and we prayed about it we went on our anniversary in florida and so we went on a trip to florida and while we're in Florida, we got a positive pregnancy test. Awesome. Well, <laughs> praise God. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. And it was. And it's like, all right, well, we just relaxed and forgot about it, and God took care of it. So yeah, hands I, off.
1: I, I think sometimes, you know, not every situation, but sometimes that speaks to, you know, when we surrender things to God fully, you know, and just and it's
0: hard to get there. It but is. But when we surrender, it, it's like, okay,
1: we're ready, you know.
0: Yeah, definitely. When you're When you just have that work at it personality, and you just want to – whatever it is you just want to do all you can and just keep pushing forward and it's hard sometimes just to say okay god i'm trusting you i surrender i'm i'm not going to fight with you i'm not going to wrestle with you anymore it's it's in your hands and be okay with it yeah and so but it was once we did that it was in and so then and you and you know i know we'll talk about blessings and i'm sure your
1: kids are part of that but just knowing that you have some tremendous kids yeah, absolutely.
0: And... Yeah, so Jordan and Corbin. They definitely blessings in our life and with everything. And then so that was that was Jordan, the oldest that uh, we were having trouble with. And then of course Corbin. It seems like once once you have one, then it's it you know easier, yeah. yeah it becomes easier. And then Corbin, so having a boy and a girl, it was we extremely blessed. Yeah. Um, any other valleys? Oh, uh, those are definitely the. Top, two, Top yeah. two that stick out. We've yeah. had some other trials. Uh, Jordy had seizures when she was two. Now that you mention, it, I remember praying yeah. for her because yeah, they yeah. life That was really her. scary. Yeah, it was they life flooded her to Columbus. We didn't know what was going on. She she was woke up. I thought she had maybe like a cold or something. And um, Leanne had a, was at the hospital with her dad, who was having a small procedure done. And so my parents came down. They went out to eat. I went to work, and call me hysteric that my daughter could be dying. And they don't know what's going on, and the doctor wants to fly her to Columbus, yeah. the Children's right right now. And of course, I'm like, "Go," <laughs> you know. And so I call in and get her and go to Columbus. Fastest trip there ever to Columbus, you know, and driving. So they flew her. We drove. And I'm sure that was a pit to your stomach. Oh, right? it was. I mean, so here's again, here's this. Here's this child that we have prayed for and just prayed and prayed for. And now two years old. She's six days before her second birthday. And it's just like, God, what are you doing to us? I'm sorry, no, she's 14 days uh before her second birthday. That's okay. And it's like, now, God, what are you doing to us? Are you gonna yeah. take this child you just gave us? And so fly up there or drive up there. She flies up there, get up there, and all the tests, and she's sedated and and so, and thankfully, praise God, it was febrile seizures. And they're typically not dangerous. The thing that was dangerous about hers was it was 15 minutes sustained. Wow. No signs of coming out of it. So usually these happen seconds to minutes, and then they come right out of them, and they're fine. Hers was 15 minutes with no signs of stopping. They gave her all kinds of sedation and um, diazepam and which anticonvulsant, which finally brought her out of it. And but that's what the objective of sedating was to try to get to try try to yeah Yeah. calm the nervous system Mm -hmm. and so the and but then they kind of then it goes the other realm where they she's so sedated they can't assess her so there's a couple hour window yeah where okay what's she gonna come out of this as you just don't know because she's so sleeping you think she's gonna be fine but you just don't know because of sedated her so much. And she's had the seizure and then sedation. And so that those couple hours, yeah. pastor Mark drove up there. I mean, yeah. which was really appreciated. And Definitely. yeah. And so thankfully she came out of it. She was fine. You know, uh, within, within, after the, that, uh, post, uh, epileptic, they get a little bit drowsy afterwards. And then with all the sedation, once she came out of that, she was really, she was fine. And we had to, carry a little syringe that we had to give her. And that was really trying because living where we live, we live about 25 minutes from the closest hospital. And I thought we were going to have a baby monitor in her room until she was like 17. Cause, yeah. because it was, you just, you sleep with one eye open. You're just so worried because if we missed it and she didn't show any signs of coming out of it and so that was it was very trying, and and again just that like, God, you bless us with this little girl that we just prayed and prayed for, and now you know what's going on, and but it all turned out okay, <laughs> and yeah. and so now she's a she's a healthy nine year old, and she did she had a the next seizure she she did have another one, and she came out of it with uh, with the medicine that we had the syringe so we administered her to her she came out of it fine. And then the last one she had was she came out of it on her own, which was a huge sigh of relief because there was an end to it. We yeah. were just afraid that if we slept and she didn't come out of it, that she could seize for, who knows, I mean, indefinitely. Yeah. And not, not be able to bring her out of it. So a lot so, of sleepless nights.
1: So they that's stabilized now? Yeah, so
0: febrile seizures usually affect children 6 and under, mm-hmm. and usually that is they grow out of it. That's great. Yeah, so she,
1: and you know it was cool. Um, I know that's a we're kind of getting the blessing too, but it was awesome to hear her share her, you know, at the halftime divisions for upward basketball. Yeah, and for you guys to do that together, so that was really. I'm sure that was a proud, proud dad moment there.
0: Yeah, I mean definitely, and that's. Uh, I mean that's definitely one of the mountaintop moments. You know, yeah. these are the valleys, and thus the mountaintop. Is uh, number one two years ago, Jordy. Was saved, yeah, and I I got to lead her That's awesome. in that prayer, and
1: I'm I'm sure that yeah. You know, did you reflect back on you accepting Christ and your family accepting Christ as you led her to Christ? I was just so proud
0: of her, yeah, because she's so good hearted in general and just so loving, and so I was just proud of her, just such an early age and how much she understands. Because sometimes, sometimes when i'm think i'm teaching her she ends up teaching me i mean and, and it is it's just how she sees things and the perspective that she brings and the grown up things or the i mean it's it's almost the grown up reassurances she gives us is sometimes just it's just it's god yeah and to see that coming out in her and and her accepting it wanting to develop that and again with the upward wanting to tell others she has said i don't know how many times she wants to be a missionary and she wants that and again she's a little girl and i don't know what she's going to grow up to be and i'm not going to put her in any kind of you know box or anything but i can see it i mean i hope so yeah so wouldn't that be a another chapter you know whatever
1: that unfolds but I know she'll be taking Christ with her, and a, what an awesome chapter to
0: her yeah. story and your guys' story as a family. It is, and so yeah, that's been uh, that's been definitely a mountaintop.
1: Yeah, what, what? Let's go ahead and explore that. What
0: were some of the other mountaintops in your life? So having our kids coming out of that, uh, and then the clarity mountaintop experiences going to college. So I come out of this deepest low, this deepest yeah. valley. I'm kind of confused um, about I'm not an athlete anymore. I didn't have any, too many options coming out of high school. My dad's a millwright, but millwright halls weren't really taking people then. And I don't know that I'm a millwright anyway, but it was just, it wasn't really an option. Mm-hmm. And then, which at that time he was working at Ormet Aluminum, which I thought that was going to be my path forward. That's where, that's where in Monroe County, that was a really good job. But they were coming off of a big strike, and they weren't hiring. So they were on a hiring freeze. So that wasn't an option. I had had this knee surgery, so really military options weren't really on the table either at that time. Also, you were really thinking
1: about joining the military if it wasn't your knee?
0: Well, I was just thinking I needed to go
1: somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) And so you just felt like all your options that you had were being closed off. Yeah, so I
0: just didn't know where to go. And, And so... My mom, my brother's at Alderson us, and he went to a couple other schools, and he went there, and he was gonna play baseball there. And my mom is like, "Why don't you just go to school with your brother? Just go, you know." You're... my mom, like all moms, always believed I was smart, <laughs> <laughs> but I couldn't tell you that in high school. I I didn't really show too many people that side of me, <laughs> and so, so I I did. I kind of late enrolled after graduation to order some broadest with my brother showed up on campus and they said what do you want to do well i just come through two two years of physical therapy three years and i said i kind of like physical therapy i think so they put me on a pre-physical therapy program and and then i go so my sophomore year junior year so my sophomore year I started making some friends. My freshman year, I didn't have very many friends. My brother was there, and we were just kind of the tag team. Kind of hang out together, yeah. Yeah. My brother, my sophomore year, maybe, like, he graduated in December, I think, of my sophomore year. No, my junior year. He graduated in December of my junior year. But anyway, my sophomore year, I started branching out, and I ended up meeting these really good guys. There was the cross-country team, but they were a bunch of outdoorsmen. They liked to hunt. They liked to fish. And uh, that's stuff that I like to do. So I get, it, I get in with them, and they invite me to Baptist Campus Ministry. Yeah. And so I didn't go then. I didn't go my sophomore year. But being around them kind of motivated me to get back into church and, and, and get back into the Bible. So when I came home for the summer, I started doing a lot more back in my home church at First Baptist Church. And then when I came back my junior year, I had a friend come. It was like the first Baptist Campus Ministry meeting. I had a friend say, "Hey, why don't you come over?" And so then I went to that one, and I met my wife. I met Leanne. Oh, really?
1: Yeah. So that was at a. She went to Bros. Yes. Yeah, so she okay. came in.
0: She was a freshman in my oh, junior wow. year, That's and cool. so we met at Baptist Campus Ministry. Yeah. She says I don't remember, but. <laughs> I do remember. <laughs> it's, a constant, awesome. it's a constant argument in my house yeah. whether I remember this or not. But but yeah, so I met Leanne and that was definitely a mountaintop experience. And Leanne is a is a great woman and was a great girl. And I was surrounded by great Christian people at Alderson us that made more than anything showed me that they love to do all the same things that I did and there was this life that I, I just I had still had this kind of perception that Christians had to be these straight laced, you know, restrictive mm-hmm. type of life. Yeah. And when I met these bunch of people, these, these friends at Baptist campus ministry, I was like, they're no they're no different than me. They're having yeah. a great time. And so that was and then I just started going with them and encouraged each other in the Bible and Absolutely really changed my life that's my interesting
1: that uh bcm was a big thing i mean i had been around bcm some so uh that was kind of a big thing in west virginia did you get any of the retreats that they did and camps like they did beach week and stuff. so we went to
0: beach week okay. my junior year uh-huh. leanne's freshman year what year was that that was 2003 yeah. 2003 spring of 2003 yeah. We went to beach. So beach. you knew Rob Lee and others like that that kind of organized that. But... Uh, the ones I remember were Jim Mike's from mm-hmm. Williamstown, yeah, and uh, Holly, Holly somebody from, he was from up. I think he was at Fairmont State at okay. the time. I can't remember his last name. Yeah, but those were the big organizers. And but no, that that's a
1: great ministry, and I just I, I know about it. I actually went to we. Did some dramas at brought So I remember that uh, got a, I touched the piano that Michael W. Smith donated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Audubon brought us. I mean, not that it was a big deal, but we were in that room where the the choir, the the I can't remember the West Virginians, right? Yeah, uh, would sing in practice. So uh,
0: yeah, they have the chapel on the hill. Yeah, and yeah, to the yeah. West they, we went there
1: for a junior high convention one time too, and uh, for the American Baptists. Uh, for junior high, but that, you know, how did how did you get the courage, or did Lee, Leanne have the courage? Did, who asked who asked the other person out? How'd that come about?
0: Um, uh, well, I don't remember. <laughs> so I guess I guess I have to tell him that I don't remember. So I mean, I asked her out, but I don't remember exactly. It was a process. So I met her at BCM the first day of uh-huh. Baptist Campus Ministry, and then also. Leanne's really good friend was there. They were roommates, and she's also from Parkersburg and childhood friend. And they become like so. That every time they would see my brother and I, they would you know come over and talk to us and those types of things. So they they initiated that part at least of of just being around, always coming and saying hello. And, and my birthday is in September, so getting me a birthday card and those types of things. So I would definitely say this. Sh- she kind of initiated a lot more contact because my brother and I, we were, we were really quiet and we really <laughs> just kind of did our own thing. Leanne yeah. laughs. Cause we were just two okay. brothers and we were just, just kind of on our path and that was it. And yeah. uh, Leanne likes to say that she brought us out of the, out of I our shell. Of and, shell. <laughs> yeah. And so definitely Leanne was initiated a lot of those uh, early days and, and keeping me motivated to go to, chapel and baptist campus ministry and then later on and then we started dating but. yeah so uh,
1: any other mountaintop experiences that you'd like to share or talk about
0: uh, i think that's uh i think that's the the highest of highs anyway yeah yeah no <laughs> i totally understand there's been a lot of good things in my life i've been really blessed but
1: well yeah i know you're definitely you know you know, uh, blessed with, you know, a tremendous family. I mean, you guys are, you have an awesome family. I mean, you and Leanne both make a great couple and, uh, you have some awesome kids.
0: Yeah. I mean, definitely proud of the kids and proud of my wife and, yeah, just what we're trying to do. And
1: well, I know you shared a little bit, but I'd like to go back to your childhood and you know, just share a little bit about, like, what your childhood was like. I mean, did you guys, you know, how how did you guys do financially? Or what were some of
0: the memories that you had as being a child growing up? Yeah, and so my dad worked a lot. My mom didn't drive. My mom was home all the time. My dad was never home. <laughs> but he was working. And yeah. so, and he worked two, It wasn't three... because he didn't want to be no, there. No, it was just because n- he had to work no, a lot. No, absolutely not. Yeah. It was work-related. And so he was, and he was just, uh, uh, we had everything we needed. And and so, but it was because of the work done. It wasn't, uh, you know, nothing was handed to my family. It was mostly because of my dad's work on the job and my mom's work at home. I mean, that's what, that's what really, that's how things got paid. And that's how things got done. My dad would have long layoffs because it was in the early eighties. Some of the industrial plants were, they weren't burning, like the steel mills were shutting down. The coal mines were shutting down and those are the type of places my dad would work in or they were coal powered or, and so they kind of went into, they were shrinking. And so it was really tough in the eighties. My dad, my family history is they are timber cutters. They are just farmers, workers. I mean, just general type of people that just don't go without work. And so my dad would take any job coming along. So we, we scrapped metal, which my dad's a welder, so he would have scrap laying around too. But you know, he would scrap metal to, to make some money when he was laid off, or he would go take any welding job he could get. He actually started doing uh, jobs that, uh, before that. But it's really dangerous. He does, he reverses oil tanks, the holding tanks. So you take the top and then you make the top the bottom. And wow. it's very dangerous because they'll they'll still have oil in them, and they're explosive, so you have to pipe in gas they keep them to make so they can't get oxygen yeah. very dangerous process, but that was decent money. my dad's made a lot of money doing it and but we begged him to stop doing it for several years yeah. so he would do those types of things and but other than that, we, we had horses, so we loved horses, my family my dad's dad that he had a big farm my grandpa had a big farm about. 10 15 minutes from us Uh uh-huh so he had a large farm 50 60 cattle wow 15 to 20 horses did oats and grains and all of those things so he was really farming and he retired about the year i was born so that's all i remember my grandpa doing my dad yeah from my dad's dad and so a lot of time down there a lot of a lot of late nights with my dad and working on farm equipment and me hanging around tossing rocks and there was a little stream through there and oh cool so we like to hunt like to fish yeah so it was i had cousins I, I i had an older brother had a neighbor boy that lived about a quarter mile away who'd ride his bicycle out every day had a basketball hoop in in the barn and so it's oh, where dreams are made in the barn yeah. You go up there and you have to shoot through the rafters sometimes, but uh, <laughs> yeah. Call your shots. Yeah. Yeah. So I had, and I had, so I had also had two cousins, athletic cousins, a brother, neighbors, lots of sports.
1: Now did you and your brother get along? Yeah. Have a good relationship?
0: Or? Yeah. We were something on some things we were night and day. Uh, yeah. I was always an early bird, which it's, I think life kind of calms you both ways, but I was always an early bird. He was always a night owl. So in college, being roommates wasn't <laughs> probably not the best time to ask us if we case. got along. Yeah. But no, I, I get along with my brother. Either really.
1: You'd by. be waking him up, waking up earlier. he'd be waking you up at night.
0: <laughs> yes, exactly. So he's like, and, and he, he would watch, and he, he's not a quiet studier, so he studies with the TV on. Well, my bed's next to the TV. Awesome. So lights on, TV's blaring, and <laughs> he's studying. I'm trying to sleep. Because I got an 8 o'clock class, and he don't have a class till 10 o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so that was not the best time to ask us. But other than that, I got to spend one year in football. My freshman year of high school, he was a senior. Oh, that's cool. And so my brother was my hero. Yeah. I mean, like I said, he was a good athlete. And, uh, yeah, so that's I looked really up to cool. him all the way.
1: Yeah, so it sounds like you had some really good grandparents in your life, too. Yeah, so my
0: grandparents, I had my mom's parents live really close to us. And uh, they were really good. My grandma would call, and she'd call me every morning and say, do you want to ride to Woodsfield with me? It was about five, six miles. And so I'd ride into Woodsfield in the summer. She'd drop me off at the basketball at the park to play basketball or the swimming pool. Oh, that's cool. And we'd stay for hours. She'd sit there. She'd get her ice cream. And you 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 used to have to go to town to get the gossip. Couldn't get on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. So she'd go there, she meets with some ladies, they would talk, you know, catch up on the latest town news <laughs> and while we were playing basketball, and then oh, she'd come back cool. and pick us up and yeah, so it was a community effort to get us to the practices. My brother and I were because we were three years apart, we were always just a little bit out of out of not on the same team. Yeah. And so took a whole community to get us to and from practice. My grandparents were a big part of that and my uncle so then later on my uncle my cousin his son, it's my same age we grad. i graduated with two of my first cousins oh wow as well
1: and you mentioned horses i'm assuming that you you really enjoyed riding horses
0: and yeah so i learned how to ride one horse and uh not really horses yeah <laughs> i had one old mare oh really it was my mom's uh-huh and you just put her on the path, and you just sit on her, and she, you know, she she'd just keep picking you up. So, yeah, so I, that's how that was the, my experience of riding horses. We went in the parades, so I have I have pictures <laughs> of me with my little chaps on and my hat, my cowboy hat, and things with my mom on on yeah. this black horse, Buffy. But and but yeah, so that's really what happened is I learned how to ride one horse, but not really be a horseman.
1: Well, it's kind of funny because I just assume because. I know part of your story, can we get into that part? Yeah, we can, we can go there. Because, uh, you know, it's fascinating, you know, and I'd like to hear about your, did the football come first, the yeah. semi-pro football? Yeah, uh, yeah. If yeah. you want to start there, let's start okay. there and get into the bull riding too. Or...
0: All right, yeah, so while I was in college, pretty much the time I was meeting Leanne, so my sophomore year, going into my junior year, I really got into lifting weights, and so I was I was going through like a, I was lifting like a bodybuilder, but I wasn't really going to compete in bodybuilding. I was just lifting that way. And I was really serious about it. All protein, I wouldn't eat cake, you know? And that, which is funny now because I got the biggest sweet tooth ever (laughs) and I couldn't diet, I couldn't diet for anything now. So I don't want anything to do with it. So bring on, (laughs) bring on the baked goods. But at the time I was really strict on my dieting and I would, I would do these like, you know, this really serious training protocol and program. And so that's when I met Leanne and, with that training, I started feeling pretty good. And I started playing some intramural football at Alderson Broaddus, and I thought, I don't think I'm too bad. And so in the meantime, my cousin I graduated with, he was a, he was a quarterback. He starts playing semi-pro.
1: Okay, that's how you got. Yeah,
0: yeah, at Belmont over in West Virginia. So they had this West Virginia crash team. And when we say semi-pro, I mean, it's it's more of like a men's league. I don't mm. want to. Make it this is more than it, what it was, sure. but, but at the same time, it's a little bit of closure for me because now I'm 220 pounds and I feel healthy. Yeah. I still have a little bit of a bum knee. I, I tore my meniscus right after my senior year and I didn't have it. I didn't oh. have it removed. So I still have this little catching knee, uh-huh. but overall I feel really good. So I'm 220 pounds. I'm playing their murals and I think I might be able to play football still. So my cousin, uh, come home over the summer and he says, Hey, we'll come down. We need a fullback. So I go down and I started playing uh, for the West Virginia crash, play fullback for a year with my cousin and had a great time. And yeah, it went really well. well that's really cool.
1: Uh, yeah. It's cool because it gives you a chance to play something. You probably still felt like you had left some left in the tank as far as wanting to explore that more. Cause you've been robbed your whole high school years there as far as the injuries kept within the injury.
0: I'm 41, and I still feel like that. (laughs) (laughs) I still feel like it. I mean, that's what – I played softball this year on the Church League softball, and that was the first time I played sports in 20 years, like really other than running or bull riding or, you know, these other sports that I played a team sport. Yeah. And I didn't know how it was going to go. And I got out there, kind of got warmed up, and I thought, all right, well, I mean, I'm not as bad as I thought I was, you know, or I thought I would be. And so
1: then – I think that I think you weren't the only one that felt that way. <laughs> a lot of a lot of guys and really enjoyed that. I think yeah, it was, it so was a good thing. It to was to so,
0: and again, not like it was just like oh well, I still can play a little bit. You know, it yeah. wasn't again. It wasn't I wasn't twenty out there, but I was, you know, what you'd normally be. Yeah, and and I think it's it's.
1: Sometimes we get too caught up in the skills or the you know how conditioned we
0: are. Oh, I took my lumps. Yeah, <laughs> I took but my it, lumps.
1: But it's it's really fun to play the game. You know, I enjoyed it. Yeah.
0: I told I told everybody I felt like I was 16 out there running around, and, and it was some part of me again that I was robbed of. Yeah. That I just and I and I played competitive softball with my brother's team. My, my brother's a really good baseball player, and my dad. So I played on his competitive travel team, and I absolutely hated it part of it was cause I couldn't run and I couldn't hit the ball and I just wasn't any good at it. And, but I, I wasn't really healthy and I think still in my mind, I wasn't healthy at that time. Like I just wasn't, I didn't feel healthy. I didn't feel like my knee was stable. I didn't, I was still like in that mentality of injured mentality at that time. And then coming back this time, I was like, I have nothing to lose. <laughs> I mean, and so I just I just felt like and so when I was out there and just running around, I just felt like I was 16 again and just playing all out. I mean, just yeah. every every play was like my last and again, I took my lumps and things didn't uh, always go great, but I thought it I thought it was I really had fun. Yeah. And just being with a group of men that I uh, got to know a lot better from church, it was just a great experience.
1: No, I think it's a great addition to what we're doing here at church. Oh, and- yeah. A great opportunity for for guys to get a chance to spend time because everybody like you know like your schedule like my schedule like everybody's schedule it's it's kind of busy and yeah. just to have a dedicated time to get some guys together just to you know just like you mentioned about college getting in some Christian groups that you can be around some other guys and talk about Christ talk about you know your your family uh, with and and just get that support and that encouragement from and
0: yeah it's the same thing with small groups I mean that's yeah. the when you, I haven't been in a small group for a while because I did have the running group and then yeah. just life's kind of taking me away from that. But that was the same thing is I showed up to practice and I was a late addition to the team and I showed up to practice and I look around and I knew everybody kind of by facial recognition, but I couldn't tell you their names. Yeah. And so I probably knew a handful of people here. And then, but there was there was 15 people that I knew across the way. Yeah. And, and now the, I know them all by name and then next next time next time I'm going to church I'm I'm seeking those people out cuz yeah. now I know them. And so now I'm going over and saying, "Hey, how's your day going?" and and so I think that's that's been a huge network, you know, and a support system again.
1: Well, I think that's what makes the church the church, right? The church when we come together and spend time with with each other, it gives us opportunities to spur each other on, to encourage growing our faith and and yeah there's always that need for the biblical aspect but there's also that fellowship aspect and then also having some type of purpose why are we coming together you know sometimes that could be a sports ministry or sometimes that could be uh, doing a project together and like you know working on something like you guys worked on ramps uh, for somebody mm-hmm. recently mm-hmm. um you know as far as the deacons um but uh, you know, let's go back just a little bit because I, I, you know, I didn't. You got a chance to talk a little bit. Of, you went from bodybuilding, bodybuilding, then you went to semi-pro football, football, and then then you decided to go. Uh, was bull riding next, or was yeah, that The trial, yeah.
0: Everything else was too boring. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, that's
1: what I'm thinking. Here's a guy who has a bad knee. He's already been beat up with all the different injuries he's had, and he decided okay.
0: <laughs> Everybody in bull riding. Has the injuries, I fit right in, I just had them different. I didn't get them riding bulls, yeah, and so yeah, and so I had to go back again, so okay. a long time back grew up grew up, I was going to say around the farm to humor some people, yeah, <laughs> and so I grew up around the farm, grew up around horses, not necessarily a horseman, and I'm sitting i'm like nineteen ninety i'm sitting sitting there watching this Cheyenne Frontier Days documentary, maybe 91, right before the movie 8 Seconds comes out. And Cheyenne Frontier Days, daddy of them all. And It was a Lane Frost story, and it was the story of Cheyenne Frontier Days where Lane Frost was killed, but it was more of a documentary about Cheyenne Frontier Days and not necessarily like the movie, not necessarily about Lane Frost. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting there with my cousin on a snowy day, and we look at each other, and I, and I said, I want to be a bull rider. And... <laughs> And so my best friend Kevin, who lives a mile down the road, same thing. So we come in, and he's like, I wanna be a bull rider. And so I actually so we go start playing high school sports. I have my knee surgeries. So when I'm seventeen, sitting in study hall, Kevin comes in and he says, Hey Weddle, I found a bull riding arena. And I say, You did? He's like, Yeah, quit playing football started rodeo started bull riding
1: just just automatically just yep. switched.
0: just i'm done with it this is this is where my life's going and so he did well i'm still on crutches at this time
1: and, and you're already dating leanne or are you guys no 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 no. Just...
0: this is this is high school okay this, this is, high is high school, school. sorry I yeah watched. no no so this is high school i'm recovering from my surgery oh wow. my best friend comes in and says weddell i found the rodeo arena and i found somebody that'll teach me how to ride i'm quitting football i'm done with it i'm going bull riding and that's what i'm gonna do with my life and I was like, all right, let's go. Well, I'm on crutches, and I still want to kind of finish this football thing. Yeah. And so fast forward, and I'm a junior in college, and so I'm a little bit late coming into rodeo because most kids come in in their, in their teens. Yeah. So I'm coming home, and I'm driving down the road. Truck full of cowboys pull up next to me, blowing their horn, you know, looking over, and I'm, I'm driving down the river, down on Route 7 towards home. Roll down the window. Here's my best friend, a bunch of cowboys with him. He says, hey, we're going to the rodeo. You want to go? So I was like, yeah. So I pulled over, got in the truck, went to a rodeo with him, got me behind the chutes. I'm like, yeah, I definitely want to do this. And so they, we went, we practiced on a barrel with springs for a little while. Uh-huh. They took me up to Slippery Rock, Pennsylvania, and I got on my first bull up there. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it, it wasn't good. I mean, they took me into a safe environment. Yeah, it was a it was a really big bull, but it wasn't a very it was a tame bull kind of, in the bucking world you know in bucking bull world, and so, I buck off and and fall off, and I just love it, and so then I, I'm still like 210 pounds, I'm still in my bodybuilder body you know post football body yeah, and I think this got to go, and so I started training and. Training for bull riding. And yeah, because I'm
1: sure you want to. You want to uh, maybe be. You want to be bulky. You want to uh, be more tone. Or, you want to be
0: as light and thin yeah. as possible. You want to be. You want to be that pound for pound wrestler. That's what yeah. you want to be. You want to have good balance. You don't need to be strong. You just need to have good body control, and pound for pound strong. Uh-huh. And so, I'm five ten. Ideally, I would have been down like 160, 165 pounds, but I can only get down to about 180, 185. And that was just kind of and I had this mental threshold though where i f- I feel kind of sickly when I get down below there. So I like to stay like 180 and above I feel healthy and strong, but when I mentally get below that, I feel real thin and so I get down to that threshold and then so then started rodeo and so I, I started we started going all the time. Fast forward another couple years. My dad, fifty-four years old, he says, "I want to be a bull rider too." <laughs> and so my dad joins me on the road. Wow,
1: he's kind of adventurous too. Fifty-four years oh, old. Oh yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, I have
0: my family. I get it from my dad, and I get it from my grandfather, and I get it from all of those Weddles before me. Uh, my grandpa, he played softball with us till he was seventy-six, I think, on really? a slow pitch. He bowled with us till he was eighty-four. Wow. Still today. My Uncle Ray, he's still, you know, he's he's my hunting buddy. He's the guy just out here. I'm sure he's running up and down some hill right now doing something. And <laughs> my Aunt Mary just passed away last year. She played for the uh, Professional Women's Baseball wow. League uh-huh. in 1954. Oh, so like that's the, cool. Like the, like the League the little, of Their Own. Yeah, League of Their Own, yeah. Yeah, so she played. She was a pitcher in that league, shortstop. Wow. So they got this long family of just line of athletes uh-huh. and so back to the rodeo, and so my dad comes, and so we go, and we just went all over. It was mid-states and central states rodeos. We went to Ohio, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Indiana, Illinois, Kentucky. Those were most of the states we went to.
1: Wow, so you actually did travel around some with that.
0: It was the fair circuit, and okay. so it's, it was mostly county fairs uh-huh. and varying degrees of professionalism along the way. Some of it was very Uh pro-level, and a lot of it was mid-level and low-level. But it just depends on where you went. So I have to ask, what was your longest time? So the goal is to stay on for eight seconds, and you get a score. And I didn't do that nearly enough to keep doing it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But you were able to do it a few times. I did it a few times. I mean, I'd be like
0: half a second. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I guess if you do something enough. and, And I really did. I loved it. And I was, I was really, I felt, so I was living a childhood dream. Yeah. And it was the, really, that was how I viewed it. I mean, I was aware of it in the moment that I am doing something that I dreamed of doing. And I really felt that God was putting me there. Yeah. And it's one of those kind of, not a tidy chapter in my life of what happened or why because it did, it went from like this greatest of joy, and and then towards the end, it, it just be, it become a it become a wedge between Leanne and I. It become a kind of a negative thing, and that still bothers me because I felt like at that time, even when it was driving these wedges, and again, we're 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 getting ready to try to have. We want to have a family still. Yeah. And Now I'm 28, I'm 29. I quit the day before I turned 30. And so we have this wedge. And But I would pray and pray and pray. I felt really faithful during this time. And I would just pray and pray and pray. And every time, I, I, I just felt like that's where I belonged. Like I was making some form of difference. My bad bull riding in, in somewhere in Ohio was making some form of difference in something. And I don't have the closure of what that was or why it was. But well, I think if you're living your faith
1: out wherever God plants you, uh, I think that,
0: yeah, you, you can make a difference with those around
1: you. And you may never know the impact you had. You know? I
0: know, and that's and that's the thing. And, and just because now looking back and looking back at that time in my life and the strain it put on Leanne and I's marriage and, you know, I, I mean, just, Going broke to to go do it and leaving and just being gone all weekend and this and during the week sometimes too because these fair circuits a lot of times it's Tuesday right. Thursday I'd always be back to work and I'd always try to get back for church and those types of things but I was going and well, I would I try to practice anytime I could I mean I was just really into it
1: yeah and I, I also you know I don't know the the full uh, thing but I, I think sometimes you know God knows our passions. And I think God was almost rewarding you in a way for being faithful to him uh, all those years uh, and saying, Hey, I know you were having a hard time in high school, but I'm letting you have this now. And, and maybe there was that time of closure where it was hard to say goodbye to it, but God was saying, you know, through Leanne and through that uh, tension at your film, maybe it was time to reevaluate things.
0: Yeah. I mean, it definitely was. And, and I, and it was at the end. I mean, it, at the end of the day, that's what it took. I had to sit down and think, you know, I'm 30 years old. If if you're making it, you're gone. You know, But you're, you're thinking there. about
1: your dad, and he's doing it at 54. <laughs> well, no, no. I only
0: think about my dad now because I still have about – 13 years for a comeback <laughs> <laughs> and still be ahead of where he was. So I don't know if I'm yeah, that you tough still, though.
1: Maybe you can start at 50
0: and, that's go that's and right. a little head I could get started here in about 10 more years and still be ahead of where he was. I don't know yeah. how he did it though. So,
1: so you went from that and then when did you get in the, you tried the triathlon. and then, Yeah. You
0: know. So I came out of, I've always been active and that's, that's the theme of my life. And we joke about having 10 hats. I also joke about, I'm going to bring, can't have a can't have a story about my life without uh, mentioning Bo Jackson.
1: Yeah,
0: so okay. I grew up loving sports. So of you course. love
1: Bo Jackson because you hear he's two 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 or a two te- or two sport
0: athlete, right? Yeah, and so and it's kind of funny because my name's Bo. My real yeah. name is Bo, just B O. <laughs> and so going into school, 1986, 87. Sure. Everybody asks you, "How do you spell your name?" Bo. How do you spell it? B-O. And they're like, okay, it's, okay, just B-O? Yeah. So after, but then kids pick up on this. They say, oh, B-O, that's body odor. And so they kind of <laughs> yeah. laugh at me. And then Bo Jackson comes along, I mean, two-sport athlete, Bono's campaign. And then it's like for a young kid. Love sports and with the name of Bo, it was a great time. Yeah. <laughs> because then, but I tried to live that. I tried to live that Bo knows campaign because I've tried to do all those sports that he did in the
1: commercials. <laughs> well, so so he helped save your name.
0: He, he saved my name. He did save my name and uh, just uh, create that image that uh, you know after Bo Jackson. Then it's kind of like, yeah, you, you look like you should be an athlete. You know, Bo, yeah. Yeah, that's a good athlete's name. Yeah. Well, yeah, because one of the greatest athletes ever was named <laughs> Bo. <laughs> so, yeah, and with the Bo Nose campaign, an ad campaign. So, well, that,
1: well, you mentioned the triathlon before and and talking about swimming. It, it seems like you, you've always had a t- determination about you that you're willing to put yourself out there, even though, like you said about swimming, you, you knew how to dog paddle, but you didn't know how to...
0: Yeah, so, so I get out, and so it's this just never-ending quest of just energy mm-hmm. that I have in sports and just love it. And I love pushing myself. I love just trying different things. Get out of bull riding, and I have this void in my life of what do I do now? And I have these what am I going to be when I grow up moments all the time. And so I get out, and I think, what am I going to do now? Well, I didn't mention it, but I also had an abdominal hernia repair. I had a colon resection when I was 25. And so then I had a hernia. So then I still have a hernia in my stomach. So my abs aren't really like, they're not tied together. You you
1: still have it now?
0: Yeah, they repaired it. So I have the mesh. Okay. And so it just still like kind of pushes out and still Uh a little bit uncomfortable. And so I kind of it was it hurt to lift at that time. And I couldn't I couldn't push a lot. So my natural instinct was to go back to lifting. But I couldn't really do that because it was uncomfortable if I really started lifting and pushing around on weight. And sure. at that time, I was still at thirty. I was still too stubborn to back off my weights and listen to my body, and so I would just go try to load it up. And so I was just in this constant fight. It's like, well, that's not working. Well, I found out I could run, and so then I just and again playing sports that have balls and those types of things. Running is the is punishment. It's not what you love to do. <laughs> But I, I really grew into it, and yeah. it wasn't. And, and so then I signed up for the half marathon in Parkersburg on a last minute thing, and I did that. And then I just become that was my new thing was running. And then I did the church running group here, the yeah. Life
1: Group. Yeah, that was awesome.
0: Yeah, I did that for five years. I hopefully sometime I'll get get yeah. back to that, especially with the track out here now. Mm-hmm. And so I did that, and then did several half marathons. I did a full marathon. And I started having a little bit of trouble with my knee again. So it's kind of slowed me down. And I thought I have to do something to mix it up. And that's where triathlon came <laughs> in. So that it's I It's just
1: could... funny, it's like my my intuition would be like, hey, I'm just <laughs> gonna
0: pull back all together.
1: You're like, ah, oh, I need to try something no, new. I'm yeah, gonna try triathlon. No, no, I just need not
0: run so much. So now I just need to <laughs> swim and I need to bike. That's that was in, in my mind. So I go and I so I take up so I have to learn to swim. So I can doggy paddle. But I can't breathe, you know, I can't do any kind of stroke or anything like that. There's no recognizable stroke, and I can't doggy paddle a half a mile for a triathlon. So I go in the pool, just this poor lifeguard, you know, probably a a high school swimmer, you know, like this, this doing lifeguard duty. She's just watching me sputter and gag, you know, and I'm like, no, I'm okay, don't worry. You know, she's she's just like leaning up. She needs to save you. (laughs) Yeah, she's just waiting to save me every day. And I'm like, no, I'm good, don't worry. I just can't swim. So <laughs> And so then it did. And I and I and self-taught YouTube, you know, no coaches, nothing like oh, that uh, stuff. And so just getting in the water, gagging myself and trying trying to do my best to emulate it. And and so I did. I've done a couple short distance triathlons, but just uh no, that's, that's
1: I think I think that again I just speaks to your determination and uh, the fight that you have inside to kind of push yourself.
0: Yeah, so hopefully sometime I'll get back to it. I still have some un uncompleted triathlon goals if i can get my knee to cooperate and i can get some time and i still have i still have some triathlon i'd like to do but that's cool
1: well let me shift a little bit and ask you what are some of the people that have influenced your life along the way
0: that so in between i haven't mentioned him yet but pastor travis smalley was the first baptist church after pastor marvin there was another one And, and then pastor travis came in Pastor Travis was a young man. He was probably in his early 30s and he was really really a motivational preacher. Mm-hmm. But he was he was a big influence in my life. He was the one that was I it it 20 year old, 22 year old and he's in his 30s. I could relate to. Sure. And He's the one that showed me that pastors are people.
1: That's not some kind of no, up n- person, no, not yeah, some yeah. kind
0: of up on a pedestal. Can't approach him, can't ask him questions. That know everything and have all the knowledge of God. He was that down to earth. Come talk to me. Yeah. Ask me whatever you want. I'm not going to laugh at you. I, I know you've been here for 15 years at this point. And I don't care if you ask me the basics. I'm not gonna laugh at you. I'm not gonna and that was the first person I felt comfortable with that, where yes, I should know this stuff, but I don't and and that's what I love about here as well, because I still don't claim to be a biblical scholar I don't and I feel really comfortable if I have questions, I can ask people without being like, "Wow, you're a deacon, you should be leading this yeah. and but there's still questions and things that come up no i think that's very important we're
1: all on, a, on on our faith journey and we're all growing and and the, you know like you're sharing it's about growth it's not about me knowing an answer and you not knowing or you know sometimes even us pastors don't know all the answers either so yeah kind of having that stance that we're all trying to help each other grow and and learn and, and experience that so yeah i think that's that sounds really cool, and it sounds like that pastor came at the right time in your life to Perfect kind of Perfect time there. with
0: the ages and just where I was at spiritually and, and really getting into it and really wanting to take that next step in my faith and, and more. I don't want to call it leadership at that time, but I'm in my early 20s, and so now there's the teens behind me. And so these teens are kind of looking up to me yeah. as I'm coming back in from college. Sure, And like I said, here I am. I'm this big, big muscle-bound guy and these teens are they have that like I'm close enough in age with them so I'm that bridge between the pastor and Absolutely. the youth And I want to be I want to be what they want to see I want to be that guy yeah you know I wanted to be that that model for them that they could look up to and so not, did
1: you help out with the youth group and stuff there or? so
0: I did a couple little retreats oh, cool. uh, so over at uh, Seneca Lake uh-huh. in Ohio they have a, a retreat grounds there and so I took I took a group there that's awesome. And yeah, and so I just did that one year, like and that was that same time frame. Um, Cause then after that I, I came back and I started actually getting involved with Union Valley Baptist with Leanne and sure. over in Parkersburg. Yeah. And uh of course Marsha Lindenmouth and yeah. Brian and yeah. and so we were all over there doing things with the youth and different also different. you helped out with the youth at Union Valley too, though. Yeah, more I guess it would be more children's ministry yeah. at that time, which was Leanne's Lamb was good with children. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, she brought,
1: so she brought you along. <laughs> yeah, so I was the
0: helper. <laughs> yeah. So, no, that was, so Pastor Travis was one of them. And then all of my friends at Alderson brought us. I mean, the, like I said, they, they changed my mind at that same point of time. They, this is not a rigid faith. This is not a rigid bunch of people that are judgmental. Yeah. And these are fun loving guys that just love the Lord. I
1: think that's such an important thing for all of us to realize that even, even, even Jesus with his disciples that he was real, obtainable. Mm-hmm. You know, I think Jesus, you know, in the way he approached things was down to earth and and really approachable, like you're saying, and and having a good time. Yeah. Uh, that he he really enjoyed being with the people, and and I think that that's you know what we need more of in in our faith, you know, in our walk is people around us that we can grow with and right challenges at times too. yeah yeah so anybody else uh, as far as you know your friends at all brought us or? yeah
0: I mean so mostly mostly that was for that time period I mean that was the the biggest influences in my life one other person I will mention is my my parents neighbor Dennis okay and the 180 that his life turned oh really yeah and I knew him as a kid, uh-huh. and then I knew him as a teenager, and then I knew him in my 20s. And the 180 that his life, how he turned for God's and just went full bore at it, that showed me the power of God. Yeah. That's of how awesome. he could go. And I'm not saying that Dennis was a bad man before that, but he just went full headstrong for God and just, world, get over here. Oh, awesome. I'm going this way. I'm dropping my stuff, and I'm following Jesus. Yeah, and so that was seeing that at the same time. That was so he was
1: a little bit older than you, or
0: how? old Yeah, so older? Dennis is more like my uncle's age. So he's in between my parents and okay, and my uncle. And there's about a ten year difference. So that's
1: interesting. Just like you were saying about you were an influence for teenagers, you know, he was somebody in your life that you looked at.
0: Yeah, he's probably like my little, age now. Like yeah. he had his kids, and he was, you know. He did, and and like I said, from my perspective, and he may disagree, and but he, if, to me it was just like going one way, and Jesus comes along, and it's like, I'm I'm leaving that behind and I'm going this way. Yeah. If
1: if, if somebody wanted to take a, a few things from your life, what would be some of the things that you'd want people to learn of, of or know about you or take away from your life? That's a deep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a deep one. Um, or what would you want people to say
0: about you? Well, I, I've I've kind of talked about this at some of the deacon meetings that I, I want to be known that I love people, you know. And even though, as Leanne says, my resting face is a scowl, like uh, <laughs> Bill Cowher from the Steelers. You know, I got this intense look on my face. So she always thinks I'm mad. <laughs> But I am, I, I, you know, I love people, yeah, and and I want to, people around me, I want them to know that I am approachable, and that I am here, you know, if, if they need me, and I, I mean, I think that's the, I mean, obviously, I want, I want to be, you know, known as a as a faithful follower of Christ. I want to be a good father. I want to be a good husband. I mean, those are the, you know, I think we all strive for those things. Yeah. But then just outside of that, just thinking off, you know, just well, thinking. Well, can kind I of
1: stop you for a second? Because I think those are things that are really the most important things. Like you said, that as far as the calling of God, sometimes we get caught up in big things. Yeah. But, you know, what you just said there, being a husband, being a father, if if there's no higher calling than those two things, that, that those are two major things. That, no, and,
0: and, and again, and I hate to gloss over them, but those I guess those are just kind of a assumptions in my mind at this point that those are the number one things I want to be. I want to be a good husband. I want to be a good father. That's awesome. And, and those are, those are, you know, and, and following Christ is going to let me do that. You know, it's going to lead me down that path. And, but then with the people around me that I'm not, you know, I want, I want them to also, you know, and I I guess one of the things that I, I talk about and I talked about when Jordy helped me, it upwards so i got my intense scowl on my face it's okay to have intensity intensity is not bad yeah you know going after things and and seeing things you want to do yeah and going and and putting effort into it it's not bad but be careful make sure that whatever hat you put on today that your that christ is at the center that's your mission You know, I always think with the church, loving and leading people into a life-changing relationship with Jesus. Yes. And so everything under this church, we expect to fall under that mission. Yep. So set yourself a mission in life, which is to be a follower of Jesus. And then any hat you put on, whether it's triathlon, bull riding, make sure it supports that mission. Mm -hmm. And so let people see that consistency. No matter what hat you put on, you're you're still true to your number one mission.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I totally agree with that statement. Uh, you know, I I think about, you know, you do carry an intensity about you, but I could definitely see by being a part of the Deacons and and just getting to know you more the heart that you have for people and I think it really resonates. So even if you do think you have a scowl <laughs> on your face, That's what I'm I told. think if you're around you enough, you, you can see that love of Christ ooze out of you and yeah. uh,
0: well, thank you, and I mean, and that's what I—I I am. Sometimes I am intense and just laser focused on things, and I don't mean to blow people off. Well, and, no, I, but mean, I just I think, get the—I just get really laser focused, which yeah. comes out as intensity. And
1: well, I think we all have our different uh, skill sets, different—you uh, know—ways that we approach things, and I think that's what makes us the body of Christ unique. Uh, and I think when we can use those gifts, talents, spiritual gifts. It really does awesome things. So I want to thank you both for coming in and just sitting down and having a conversation like this. And thank you for taking the
0: time. No, thank you for having me. And, and, uh, thanks for the church. This church has meant a lot to me and it's really led me, given me an opportunity to grow and honestly put me in positions that I thought were bigger than me at the time. And to, Give me room to spiritually grow into them over the last several years, and and being supportive of that, and and some of the challenges that's come along the way with some of those things, and so it, it's really been in learning from from you and and Pastor Adam and Pastor Mark, and I'm gonna shout out a few other people here cause sure. I didn't mention them earlier because I no, was talking right. more about historical, but yeah. you know Ron Anderson, Rex Nickerson, yeah. I mean, Rex. these guys have really shown me what I want to be. You know, yeah. again, struggling with what I want to be when I grow up. Ron Anderson, Rex Nickerson, just really good, faithful guys and taught me a lot, of just behavior. Jeff Gilbert's another one. Yeah. Roger Heft. All right, I'm going to leave people out. Well, so that's Well,
1: what... like you said about Jeff Gilbert and Roger Heft, those were guys that were on the softball team. Mm-hmm. You know, guys that, you know, you just – Continue to see their their faithfulness, their consistency. Not what you'd say flashy people, down
0: to earth, but love Jesus, love their families. You know? Again, just just what you want to be. It's not it's not about them yeah. in any situation, but you can definitely see Christ in every situation. Yeah. Well, I see Christ in you both. So thank right. you. Thank you.